We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So left transfers, right? You pointed out something very important. We're talking new roles at Notre Dame. I don't know if Jared Parker thought he would be the OC at Notre Dame. No. No. (laughs) When he took the job as a tight end coach, right? He didn't think it would come that fast. Well, I mean, look at his track record. He's he's known for sticking around teams for a good amount of time and then transitioning somewhere else. So maybe he looked at it like Notre Dame is, and that's the step is so. He's like, man, a couple years in Notre Dame, I can get a head coach job somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So it's amazing, but there's one person that we're going to jump into that I think is probably in his dorm room like, Okay, this is a great opportunity, but man, I didn't I didn't think it was coming. I didn't think it was coming right now. Before we do that, remember <laughs> YouTube, subscribe, smash that like button. It helps with the views, right? Leave your comments. We respond to all. And then go to CFB Nation on your Android or your iPhone. Right? Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Search CFB Nation, all of our great content. We give you the audio edible each and every day when the home of the misguided passion. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast, all up in your area. You already know we spin it different. I think I think Steve Angeli's heart is beating a little bit different today, Left. Yeah, he's probably feeling hey, a little more inspired getting up every morning. Hey, bro. You know, when you think you got to, you probably have another year, like, man, I probably got another year to kind of chill, learn the playbook, hold my spot, come in early next fall, next winter, after the bowl game, and really go at it. You know, really might have a chance to start. Maybe I can challenge Tyler then. And then all of a sudden, boom. Hey, bro, you one play away each week. From being in the game, you got to be ready to go. You got to be ready to win games. Yeah, that, my man's heart is beating a little bit different right now in the month of May than it was <laughs> early in the month of April, and that's just how quickly things can change and roles can change on a football team. Let's talk about Steve Angeli and what's on his mind right now because that playbook probably hits a little bit different right now. 
Yeah, I mean, for Steve Angeli, his mindset going into fall camp is different, or it should be. And I think a lot of that has to serve him well in the sense that you need to be on your, your P's and Q's because now your window's even smaller because Kenny Minchie passed you up. There is no coming back. And so for him, being prepared at any moment because, you know, Sam, like you said, Sam is, is, is chicken little a little bit. He's a lot skinnier in, in, in frame than I had expected at first. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to be interesting if he doesn't stay healthy what is the backup plan for Notre Dame? Do we have a plan, and do we feel comfortable on going to Kenny by the time November comes and transitioning to that? Because at the end of the day, Sam's a one-year dude. So this fall camp is going to resonate for the summer moving forward. But it does give uh, uh, Angeli a lot of light and, and, and staying positive that he's one play away, honestly. I mean, if it happened today, he's one play away. So – uh, it's going to be important to get him up to speed and offer them scout team reps and actually into an offense. And, you know, he got a, a chance to shine uh, in the bowl game last year, running some second team or whatever. But, you know, Angeli is only, ex- in in my perspective, is only exposing how lack of talent we had at the QB position when Tommy was here on not the start, on the non-starters. The non-starters. The non-starters uh, had so much lack of talent that it worries us, obviously, now that Steve Angeli's in the pocket because everybody's like, well, he's not that good. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he, he transitions and improves himself in fall camp. So let me just ask you a question because you just really made, really made me think about something. This man recruited Tyler Buckner, Drew Pine, and Steve Angeli back to back to back. Wait, say it one more time. Tommy Reese recruited Tyler Buckner, Drew Pine, or Drew Pine, Tyler Buckner, and Steve Angeli back to back to back. Now, wait, let me ask you a question, Left. Boy, it's more. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you a question. I'm just going to start right there. Was he trying to recruit to fit his offense, which makes me even think less of his offense, you know what I'm saying? Or did he just miss on recruiting at the position altogether? Like, let make it make sense, Left. Make it make sense. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He recruited the old Dominion transfer dude. What's his name? Brendan something? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Clark. Exactly, Brendan Clark. Exactly, exactly. Who is that? He recruited him. He recruited Drew. He recruited Tyler. And he recruted uh, uh, Pond. And Jelly. And Pond. Oh, and yeah. Jelly. Oh, goodness. Oh, and he, he recruited Phil Jakovic as well. And Phil didn't even stay long enough to play. Well, so Phil didn't rock with him, but we'll leave that. Phil didn't rock with him. So he recruited a guy that didn't rock with him. <laughs> and five other guys that, well, four other guys, because I'll give Tyler some credit. Still unproven. Four other guys that we know in a vacuum. I'm not picking first if I had to choose for dodgeball. Yeah. So what type of talent was you? What What offense did you, in my opinion, he recruited the talent he saw in himself in those guys. I don't believe Tommy, and is even a prime example, can recruit talent that's better than the talent that he had on the field. All them people at Alabama, you got to get Tyler Buckner from at school. You can't find a starter with all that talent at Alabama in your quarterback room. For real? For real. Or, or he was unwilling to change what he wants to do to fit the talent that exists at Alabama in the quarterback room. Hey, that makes sense if he if he has the 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 speed and tenacity to get a guy from another school that he left mm. and transfer in a matter of a week. Yeah. He didn't even Dollar Buck didn't even take no more of the other visits. Yeah. He went straight down there and Tommy was like, hey, this is my guy. We running it my way. Tyler knows what we're doing. I'm not about to coach these other dudes my first year and get myself exposed. So I don't know. I don't know. Now. And he got Jack Cone when he could have had a bunch of other more talent. Well, well, Jack Cone, now that we look at it, might have been more of a Brian Kelly call seeing that Tyler was his recruit, and Brian Kelly was unwilling to ride out with Tyler. And Brian Kelly was like, "Yo, I gotta, I have to go get me a veteran quarterback." Because I'm sick of watching you recruit these guys that can't play on the day they come to campus. Yeah, yeah. All these projects. Yeah. And he gonna give me a finished one, especially I'm about to be out of here and chase his hundred million. Yeah. Get this winning his coach. That's, you know, it's amazing because Andrew Gilmore, as always, man, thank you, for, thank you for joining us. He says, I agree. He also made the safe offers until Dante Moore. He never pushed for someone who could transfer or form a team. Okay, let's get this out of the way, left, because you took a lot of heat last summer because of your relationship with Dante Moore and his dad. You took a lot of heat for some comments that you made that when speaking to Dante Moore, you spoke to him 
as someone that was a confidant and a friend rather than someone that was a pro former Notre Dame quarterback as far as what to do and what's the right fit for him. You know, do you, a lot of people, a lot of Notre Dame fans were upset at you for a couple of days. They got over it. But thinking about what you're talking about today, is that something that you regret or do you stand by, you know, kind of getting that young man to look in a different direction, even though it wasn't your conversation that made things, uh, oh, wow, breaking news. This is, dude, I have to break in with this. According to SI.com, the the uh, Memphis Grizzlies have told Dylan Brooks he will not return. You know what? That's great. That's absolutely great. They finally got it. They finally got it. But no left. Like I said, Notre Dame fans were upset that, you know, you heart to heart. You had a heart to heart with Dante and his dad. But the, I guess what I want to – did you feel like you were saving him from Tommy in that conversation? Absolutely, because the way Tommy recruited CJ that's on the man's team, that's the man's backup in the same state, Right down the street, getting to commit before the other dude commits. That's some crazy stuff. That's some crazy stuff. So anybody with with empathy towards if you if that was your son, I'm not going there. How? Why would you subject yourself to a situation where your backup committed to the school you're supposed to go to in cahoots with the guy that's supposed to bring you there? In cahoots. Because my thing is, why would you commit so fast and I ain't even commit yet? Wouldn't you be worried if I was going to commit there that you was going to go there too? You already my backup. But you committed there first because he must have told you something. He must have told you something. So I'm not putting up with that. If I was Dante's dad, I'm like, listen, why would we even want to deal with that? When we can go to Get these shoes at Oregon. <laughs> Take these officials out the out the out the state, you know, and see what happens. Well, it was just one of those things that, and I can't sit here and say I wouldn't be frustrated with a young man. That I will say this: Dante Moore and his people were very open with how they were going to handle things. They were very upfront in saying. We're committed to you, but we're going to continue to take official visits and continue to look at what other programs can offer. It got to a point where I guess Tommy Reese and Notre Dame were frustrated. And I look, they're well within their rights to be frustrated. But that goes like it goes back to fit. I don't want to go somewhere where they frustrated with me and doing things in the shadows behind my back to the point where you done got my back up. Like, okay, I understand if they recruited a kid and he was out of Kansas City or something. Them boys went to the year below me, same state, same team, and got him to commit over me. That don't even know. No. No. 
Well, see, this is that's like well, that's like some jealous girlfriend stuff. This look, it's like I, re I respect everybody, everybody that does. And Steve is per Steve Wilfong and I have history because when I was a producer and I was thinking about transitioning into college football, he was the first person that I rubbed shoulders with in a recruiting game. So I have profound respect for Steve Wilfong. So when Andrew says, great point, but Wilfong tried to say that Moore told Indy that they were trending away, so Reese felt it was necessary to take the verbal from Carr. It, look, you hear that? Reason. We 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 had inside info. We that? had insider info. But go ahead. Felt, that's the problem. Reese felt like that. Not Marcus Freeman. And that was how you feeling like that. And then Marcus Freeman like I didn't even know you was doing that. Mm. How you making decisions like that? Mm. That's the problem. Now I will say this: Marcus, kind of. He's the head coach, so he kind of had to sign off. Once he already did the deed. But it was, yeah, things were already in motion, so. Like, all right, well, let me put my name on it because y'all yeah. making these moves without me. Yeah, yeah, so it is what it is. Like, But I'm just pointing out that, you That's know, situations, funny. situations, and recruiting can get extremely messy. Petty. Petty. Right? And I felt at the time that Notre Dame fans are being – and you basically – you stared them down, Left. You like, I don't care what you have to say. Like, I'm not about to tell this young man. That's why you're a part of that bullcrap. Earlier grade was trying to get with you, and you didn't know if you wanted to date or not. And you, you know, you making your decisions. You in high school, you like, man, I'm trying to see what's out there. I like you. <laughs> you know, you on the top of my list, but I'm just trying to, you know, I'm right. just 14. And then she go to your younger brother. And then you like, what are you? My younger brother, though? So, no, look, this is the crazy thing, Left. The moment you had to, there's no way the parent of C.J. Carr allowed C.J. Carr to commit unless guaranteed have told, been talking yeah. about. They had to have been told, look. Dude, if Dante Moore signs with Notre Dame, C.J. Carr is sitting on the bench for three years. C.J. Carr is nowhere near the thrower of the football is Dante Moore. It's, it's, it's not close. It's just not. It's not he close. committed there because he was guaranteed. He was guaranteed. The guarantees happened. And the conversation with Dante took did take place after the news broke. However, Dante is looking at the situation like, yo, if you already took his commit, then you already guaranteed him something. Something. That if I come, he ain't, I ain't going to play, he going to play. Because why would CJ commit a year early? Like, golly. 
So that is you just got interest from Notre Dame. So how you get commit within a week of getting interest? So basically, the mishandling. This all points out and sums up what we were talking about: the mishandling of the quarterback situation by Tommy Reese at Notre Dame, and it has us to a point to where now. I just, look, I'm flat out going to tell you, I don't feel comfortable with the backup quarterback. I don't just want a quarterback backing up games that's okay. Like I need somebody coming in that I'm excited to see play. That's like if Matt, uh, Mac Jones had gotten hurt. <laughs> Here comes Bryce Young on the field. Alabama fans would have been like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get a Heisman it's, sitting on the bench. It's time. Let's go. Get a Heisman first pick of the draft sitting on the bench. You know? And this sitting is a new on the role, bench. man. Sitting on the bench, a Heisman first pick of the draft. That's how good Alabama got it. Yeah, man. Four years of – First, second round drafted quarterbacks, and each year had a Heisman potential, Heisman winner sitting on the bench behind the guy going 12 and 0, getting drafted. Yeah. So that's what quarterback room looked like. I'll tell you somebody else. That's looking at things a little bit different. Drake Bowen and Jay Nosberry, who probably came in with the mindset, we're going to play special teams this year. Prince Colley leaves. I expect some other things to happen in the linebacker core. Not particularly transfers, but maybe uh, position switches. Drake Bowen could be number two on the depth chart, mm. right? Jaden Osbury could be right behind Jalen Smith mm. on the depth chart at some point this season. Like, the fact that your true freshman linebackers are talented enough and could be ready to go at some point during the season, that's, that's a whole new role. <laughs> that's, that's something new. Especially at that position at Notre Dame left. Yeah, it's, it's it it gives signs of a young football team, especially in that aspect with them being the two deep. But it also gives them the opportunity to get on the field early and, and really start uh putting some inroads into what this class can really be for Marcus Freeman, but as well as for themselves. I mean, they came in looking apart. Now they just got to get an opportunity to play the part. But you know one thing with these guys leaving, they're going to get on the field at some point. So mm. making the most out of it and being in position to make the most out of it, which means getting more reps, I think is coming their way. And I think both of those guys are mature enough and, and have the physicality enough to be all right if they did eventually get some time. Yeah, and I feel good. Right, I love the fact that both of them got a lot of run in the blue and gold game. A lot of run. And it's almost like Max Bullock 
who I felt like was a very sneaky hire from Alabama. To get him to come from Alabama and teaching those linebackers, to get him to come to Notre Dame, I think he's a much better teacher and recruiter than James Laronitis. And with Laronitis uh, going to Ohio State, of course you lose Peyton Pierce as a recruit. You know, he probably would have committed to Notre Dame. But so what? You know, Notre Dame is about to hit a yeah, Notre Dame is about to hit a stretch in the next month or so where recruiting for them is gonna pick up steam. You've already seen two commitments this week. One another one might be coming within the next forty eight hours, and you might get even more going throughout the month of May. So let me tell you something. Notre Dame's in good shape, and I love the fact that it seems like roles are starting to change. Let me let me ask you something, though, and I tweeted this out yesterday. And I tweeted it out just to see the comments that I would get, you know, because I thought the comments would make it very interesting content for today's show. A five-star wide receiver from St. Louis who was linked to C.J. Carr early on in this process, Ryan Wingo. He said, I'm not too much into NIL. I want to get to the next level, the NFL. That's my biggest goal. NIL is just kind of short-term money. And I'm more focused on programs that would develop me for the NFL. So I retweeted this, and I said, man, is this saying something? Like, we get Isaiah Canyon? Fantastic. I got Cam Williams. He committed right after the Irish invasion last summer. So he's been in the fold for over a year or coming up on a year. Cam Williams just became a five-star. Ryan Wingo has been considered for a long time the number one wide receiver in the class, if not number one top three. When you hear these top wide receivers talk about development, this is something that Notre Dame is going to have to change. Because it is not known as a school that develops wide receivers for the NFL right now. It's just not. But it's hard to develop. This is my point. It's hard to develop wide receivers for the NFL when the quarterback situation is being what it's been. Absolutely. (laughs) That's all I want to piece together. That's all I want to piece together. It's, It's pretty hard to develop wide receivers with the quarterback situation being what it's been. Because it's a dependent position, and we've been dependent on quarterbacks that – I thought Jack Cohn did a good job. You know, we just didn't have – for what Notre Dame is as a program traditionally, we didn't have that that guy, you know. It's been a long time since Brady Quinn played. You know, yeah. long time since Brady Quinn played. And he, you know, he's still the poster child of the quarterback room. And I think even USC got a new face, Caleb Williams, in recent history. Last one was Matt Lining. That's around Brady Quinn's time. Yeah. So it was right around time for Notre Dame to get a new face, you know. So hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, going back to, like I said, it's always a method to our madness, right? We're not just grudging up 
the Dante Moore situation, we're connecting it to the conversation we're talking about as far as the quarterback room and how the role of Steve Angeli has totally changed, right? His heartbeat, without a doubt, has gone up because I'm sure it has fallen on his shoulders and in his mind as he sits in his dorm room. Like, All that you said is in his mind? Man, like, oh, I'm the, I'm, I'm next. Like, I'm, I'm next. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what it is, bro. Like, when you're sitting on the bench and you know you're not, you know you're not playing unless something, unless you lose two quarterbacks. It takes two quarterbacks I, getting hurt. I was different. I was different. I was different. That's because you're a dog, left. But it matters because, you know, for a guy like Angeli, I would love for him to take advantage of this opportunity and 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 really look at it like you won't play away because who knows you know who knows but I do yeah. think that this is a another chance where this is your last chance yeah and if you can't hold this down because the chips fell in your pieces chips fell in your in your favor I mean I don't know what else to tell you. Hmm. Look like Rutgers is gonna have a new QB in twenty five if you don't stop playing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, there has to be some pressure in that wide receiver room. Right? Like, I think it's undue pressure for people to expect. Like, I have a bet with one of our fans that has said Tobias Merriweather's going to put up 80 receptions, 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns, right? Why would you want? Why would you want him to have to do that? Why? Why would you want him to have the pressure to have to do that? Why? 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 Why can't it just be a natural? Then you do realize Devontae Smith was on the bench watching other receivers that Alabama put in work. <laughs> he didn't just come in and just start. Like he was actually on the bench watching other receivers put in work, and then all of a sudden he shows up in a championship game in a big moment with Tua, and next thing you know, career takes off. But it wasn't until the end of his freshman year where he was he was kind of ready to go. And I wish Tobias Merriweather had that experience, but whether it's through injury or quarterback play, there was no development for Tobias Merriweather as a freshman. The, where was the in-game development left? He, he only got two receptions all season. That's terrible. Like, where was the development? So you okay. now we're supposed, to believe, we're supposed to believe that he's going from, like, pretty much no development in season to that dude? What we do know is that he's healthy. That's it. You know, Andrew Gilmore, you man, you stole our thunder. Deion Cozy has to have a ton of pressure on his shoulders, bro. He has to be a guy. He has to turn into a dude that makes big plays. He has to be. 
Sam's going to unlock it. We're going to see if Sam can unlock it because sometimes also you need a quarterback to give you a chance with the football. Some guys got touch and some don't. Some, you know, they 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 make the the easiest passes feel like the hardest. You know, and then they got guys like others that Kenny Minchie, they can put that thing right where I can jump for it or have the range for it or continue on the run or over the shoulder. So we, uh, the type of quarterback that you're with will highlight the type of success that you have and what skills you have. Maybe Deion Cozley's an over-the-shoulder guy. Maybe he's a guy that likes the 50-50 that Sam gives chances for. Maybe JT is better catching in traffic on third down because he's a bigger body. Maybe, you know, we can, we can push it down the field for some of our other guys to catch on the run. So, you know, we're going to find out the the range in which Sam has and how it affects our receivers' you know, success in their position. Yeah. You know, so because we went and looked at when it was Will as a freshman, Really did nothing. Sophomore, I think he ended up with like, what, 17 catches or something small. And then next thing you know, he blows up, right? And that should be the natural maturation of a wide receiver at a big-time school. Like, you know, your three freshmen, it's, it's real cute and fun that we're all in the chat saying, oh, man, I think Great House could do this. And I think Rico could do this. And I think Braylon could do this. It's Notre Dame. They shouldn't have to. That's the point. But you're in a year where you're fully expect. You need them. Somebody out of that group has to make an impact. Yeah. You need them. You They have to. It's not like, oh, oh, snap. It's not like, well, I don't want to, you know. Let's say a freshman wide receiver comes in and Washington left. They don't need that freshman wide receiver, bro. <laughs> and at then, all. At all. Not this year. Not this year. <laughs> they don't need him. He 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 be better off, you know, focusing on his books, getting ahead in school, you know, yeah. you know getting bigger in the weight room. Because they do not need him. Not with them boys out there. Yeah, man. It's it is crazy because as excited as we are about the freshman wide receivers at the same time, you know, the wide receiver position is, is more nuanced, man. It's like, and I know people, (laughs) you know, people get, you know, beside themselves sometimes about some of the things we say right on here. And, uh, we're just not afraid to speak what is our truth about certain situations, man? It's not. Jaden Thomas is going to be better. Hopefully Deion Cozy is better. But we talked about, from our vantage point, we don't know if we have a so-called dog in the wide receiver room right now. That has done it, per se. 
like the, out of the three freshmen, we think two of them are dogs. Yeah. But they haven't done it. No. So I wonder how those freshmen feel. Like how how do those freshmen feel? Do they feel like normal freshmen where I'm just coming in and because we don't have a freshman now see from a skill set Raylan James would be the one if he was as va- as advanced as a wide receiver. If he came in and pulled a Cardell tape, I would be like, okay, mm. just from a skill set. But it's going to be interesting, man. But I will say this. That's interesting you say that. That's interesting. You know what I'm saying? Because the guys like Jay Greathouse is not an over-the-top, take the top off the – he's not – but Jay and Greyhouse is no different than Jalen Thomas. They're pretty much the same. They're the same player, just different ages. Yeah. We don't have a Jalen Hyatt who can run past people and get over the top. Like Tennessee got the right type of tall, fast dude. They're like, receivers yeah. be the same size as ours, but they all be skinny and fast. Yeah. We get the the, the the wholesome dude, he just be a wholesome <laughs> possession Anquan Bolden type of guy. A lot of potential. Yeah. yeah. Test fast, but looks heavy on the field. Even Michael Mayer was heavy. Heavy dude. Josh Adams was heavy dude. Claypool, heavy dude. Test uh-huh. fast. Heavy dude. EQ, tall dude. Yeah. And play fast, test it fast. You know, Miles tested fast, heavy dude. Didn't play fast, but tested a 4 4. She was crazy. Yeah. And then all and then Solano gets all the big plays, all the deep balls. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> Listen, man, let me tell you something. As we get ready to close and transition to what has been a big name recruiting, I would say, weekend, extended weekend for Notre Dame. I think there's even more pressure on Sam Hartman. I think there was a side, I don't, I don't even think there was a sigh of relief from Sam Hartman because he always knew he was the starter. Yes. But there is no buffer, my man. No. Yeah. You want yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You're the you're the the one and only dude. This is all you, bro. Yeah, this hey, here's the keys of Ferrari. Be back by, by midnight. This is all you, bro. This is all you deserve everything you asked for. Yeah, and some. You're about to go into the fall. You're about to get 70% of the snaps. Which uh, now with him getting 70% of the snaps and Angeli's getting less, can Angeli really be ready? No, we're not even banking on that. That's that's another question. 
I'm not banking on Steven and Jelly. Please get him some snaps during these early games, Notre Dame. Please get him some snaps during these early games in September. TSU, he should be taking the second half. Oh, ha- absolutely. Absolutely. So, congratulations to Notre Dame legacy, Bryant Young, I mean Bryce Young, son of Hall of Famer Bryant Young, who committed to Notre Dame on Saturday afternoon. And now, congratulations to... Legacy, for that, start that legacy train. Spelling good for our kids. Man, it's always good to dig into the bloodline of Hall of Famers, Left. Yeah, what, I mean, like, come on, always. Worst that can Always. Hall of Famer son. I don't give a darn if Kennedy Erlach is a three star. Don't care. That yep. man, that, that his bloodline. Look at Antoine Winfield Jr. that went to Minnesota. That can be absolutely. Absolutely. And he a was a th- he was a three star as well, right? Went to Minnesota three star, but flashed at all fields. Now I do see a possibility of Kennedy Erlacher putting on weight. And transitioning to rover rather than safety. Mm. He plays such a physical game, left. Mm. He plays like he plays like his dad. Mm. He mm. plays the game with such physicality, man, that I can really mm. see him possibly transitioning to rover. So now you put his speed at rover. Mm. Mm. Now you're cooking with grease. You know, so I see people questioning him being a three-star. So what? Will Fuller was a three-star. What's your point? Yeah. Hey, questions in at that right there. Either the film, Trent, dude, Brandon Hillman was a three-star to certain people. Then all of a sudden, Notre Dame got on him, and he was a four-star. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame didn't get on Brandon Hillman until, like, the middle of the season last year, bro. Mm. <laughs> all he had was HBCU offers. Think about that. You know how they, you know how they do this. So, you know how they do this over there. It's, it's crazy how recruiting goes, man. You have to continue to grind as a recruiter. You have to continue to watch film. That's why Notre Dame will continue to add offers to the 24 class and the 25 class, especially in this period. And then when the season starts, they still have to watch more film left. But there are kids out there that are putting out great senior tape that are taking the next step. And you want to be able to get in on those guys. So it's all about the talent. Forget the stars. Is the talent there? Is the talent there? That's right. Is the talent there? We had a great interview that we did with uh, – oh, I'm drawing a blank. Former Notre Dame safety Jeff Burris. Yes. Who's now coach for the Louisiana Cajuns, right? Mm-hmm. He said he saw Bryce Young as a freshman and told, called his pops and was like, yo, what's up? And his pops said, nah. His pops had a vision. Like, nah, we're waiting for the big dogs. It's going to take him some time because I think his son at that point in time was right at 200. 
So he was he had yet to fill out. But man, you know, it is it's crazy, man. It is crazy. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, and I think you know what's cool about this is that you know, guys that <laughs> that you truly know need some time to develop. How much time do you invest into that if you're Marcus Freeman? I think that's just one of the things that you have to balance is how do you how do you what does it look like to develop but also having access to the transfer portal every year, every moment yeah. you're always recruiting it. Yeah. It is it, it's almost a myth like I don't have to get better. I could just get better players because I'm at Notre Dame. If I was at Cisco State, you know, yeah, I got heavy on development because we might not get everybody, you know. You had a situation where we pulled the number one quarterback out of the transfer portal because we needed him. So what do you think we can do if we needed somebody else, right? Yeah. We yeah. pulled the number one transfer quarterback out of the transfer portal and kicked Alabama a quarterback that we had in the room. We didn't think it was good enough. That's crazy. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. I just think left the trend of film over for staff, in my opinion. I think Oklahoma and Bob Stoops, when he first got there, he said they went crazy on three stars and JUCOs. Yeah, hey, JUCOs used to be the wave back in the day. Right, three stars and JUCOs because they knew everybody else would be vying for and they the, their program, Oklahoma, could not fight for the five stars at that point. JUCOs used to be the wave. <laughs> so they, they went another way because there was talent there. And people want to act like, dude, there's talent Everywhere, you know how many young kids play football? A lot. That's telling you know how many schools put people into the NFL. A ton, a ton. And we talked about fit today. What's the right fit? What's the right situation? You know, it's it's crazy. Lucky Lucky Podcast. On top of that. We need to recognize uh, the coaches being back on the road. It's very important. Like I said, you'll see more offers. Um, some coaches are out west. They spent a lot of time in the Midwest on the first or the second. They're spread out, go down south, go out west, get to some of these other kids in the 24 and 25 class. And then ultimately, we're going to see Notre Dame uh, start to get ready for Irish invasion in June, which is going to be vitally important for the 25 class, and then start preparing for that kick of official visits in the month of June, which is going to be crazy. It's going mm -hmm. to be crazy. And, yeah, this is that push, man. This is where Notre Dame builds up momentum and kind of takes over 
in recruiting as a pick as compared to Georgia and Alabama that really wait to that last kick late in the fall. Yeah, they you know they're one of those they're like uh, how these NBA agents do they just wait to the end and throw you a bunch of money to sign with them and and it skips out all the relationships the smaller guys build all the way up to that point so they recruit a little different whereas I think we have a good space in where we recruit early we go busy guys and and you know we're in that honest transition phase where we're gonna tell you what we need what what you can and can't do for us and then go from there and I think it's helpful. Uh, in that aspect to really build those relationships because Marcus Freeman is building a reputation in college football that puts some respect on Notre Dame recruiting that if Marcus Freeman is coming to town, you know, it's, it's, it's serious. He's not, he's not just flying any and everywhere. And, and he, and his, his offers and commitments are serious also. So it's not a halfway commitment. We're just trying to be your first offer. or We're trying to just show you love to keep you away from somebody else. If you're indecisive, don't commit yet because it might not work out for you. <laughs> if you if you try to be flip-floppy. So Man. I think that helps change the perspective of Notre Dame going forward. Did you say flip-floppy, bro? Yeah, it can't be flip-floppy. <laughs> I think when it comes to recruiting, and specifically Notre Dame, I think people need to – I'm not going to tell people to relax because fans can be the fans they want to be. You can be as hyper as a fan as you want to be. If you're the chill fan, cool. If you're the hyper fan that lives on the word of every recruiting analyst and every board post and all of that, then that's fine as well. You know, I don't show, man, we appreciate you as well. You're just as important. But I will say this. (laughs) Everyone has an opinion, man. Right. So I don't have an opinion or I, mean, I have no thoughts. Like when people ask me about what Steve Wilfong said about Justice Scott, I don't look, I wasn't part of his conversation that he had with the young man. I was too busy laughing it up about the Chicago Bulls and the Sacramento Kings with Justice Scott last week. I, I wasn't worried when I saw the little crystal ball because hmm. he had already told me about the trip to Miami. And not one word he said made me feel like, oh, my God, Notre Dame is losing ground. Not one word. I can't speak for anybody else's conversation. I know the conversation I had. Not one word made me feel like, oh, my God, Notre Dame is in trouble because of the Miami Hurricanes. I wouldn't be worried. What has Miami done worth committing them over us, you know? At some point, there has to be some logic here, right? There's always a team that wasn't on the list that shows love Shows a lot of love, and Miami is coming from the rear, having to do any and everything to even get on the list of officials. And they're still not on the list of officials. But I know who Justice Stott spoke to Friday. I know who Justice Scott has been continually speaking to. It's like, man, you know, it's the game of recruiting. 
It is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, I don't look. Kudos to Miami for doing as terrible as the end of their recruiting went, losing because of their NIL collective and how it basically fell apart. They should be doing any and everything to secure guys like Justice Scott. That's right. And I don't know if people know this. Chicago is the second largest alumni chapter of the University of Miami in the nation. Mm. Yep. It's number two for that university. So, you know. One of those things. (laughs) You know? So it doesn't shock me that, you know, bags of money might be showing up. Might be. It wouldn't shock me at all. It it might be too now. It wouldn't all. All right. I got a phone call from Jared Payton. And I told him, he's not coming, bro. Like, oh, what you mean? It's like, he's not coming. Like y'all can do what you want to do, do Are everything, you? do everything you want to do. He's not coming, bro. Tell him. No, see, they want him to be this their version of Russell Maryland because you know Russell Maryland was the big time recruit that set everything off for that run defensively. That's right. He was he was the dude from Chicago in the middle. Shout out to Russell Maryland, big time Red West with the young high school, Chicago. They got him to leave Chicago, come down there, and all of a sudden that that Kane's defense took off. Yeah, they did. They're trying to get Justice Scott to be the same. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Go ahead. Shoot all your bullets. Shoot all your bullets. You know, at the end of the day, this is my prediction, and I could be wrong. Right, you remember that scene from Harlem Nights where yep. Arsenio Hall was chasing Eddie, uh-huh. and they felt like you know Eddie Murphy had killed his brother, uh huh. Right, and they had the tummy guns, and they finally <laughs> caught up to Eddie, and he jumped in the store. At the end of the day, you're gonna have Ohio State, you're gonna have <laughs> Notre Dame, and you're gonna have Georgia standing there with the tummy guns. Like our city hall in the in the month of June, and they're gonna yeah. be shooting. Da, 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 da. And you're gonna have Miami next to them, like oh boy, pop. <laughs> right? And remember, he hit that dude on the head, man. Stop shooting that little stop. And eventually, eventually, that's that's gonna be Notre Dame, Ohio State, Georgia to Miami. Stop that's shooting right. that little crap. Go sit, go sit down that. somewhere. That's right. Put that's that exactly little, put that little down. That's Ultimately, in my opinion, that's how this is about to go. 100%. Look, the Tommy guns have yet to shoot. Have yet to shoot. That's right. They've yet to shoot, man. They've yet to shoot. And when they do, they're going to look over in Miami and Mario Cristobal will just say, man, if you don't stop with that little. That little, for real. You know? Because you're playing games. At this point, they're the ones shooting the loudest. Guess why? Because everybody else is chilling and waiting. Chilling and waiting. 
Just chilling and waiting. They're chilling and waiting. Even though the Bears drafted somebody from Miami this year. <laughs> yeah, who did I get a DN, an edge rusher? No, they got a cornerback, Stevenson. Oh, Stevenson yeah. Kid. I don't know. They they love drafting people with shoulder issues at the defensive back position. <laughs> I do. This dude needed shoulder surgery. They had to shave his labor or something crazy. I'm like, dude, Jalen Johnson misses five games a year because of his shoulder. Now we want to go get another defensive back with shoulder issues? You know how y'all do, man. Oh, man. This is crazy, man. Lucky Lefty Podcast. And let's see. Uh, you know what? That makes me feel even better, Andrew. I hope Mario Cristobal is the personal recruiter for Justin Scott. I'll take Marcus Freeman over Cristobal any day in that matchup. Any day. Any day. I'll take I'll take him in that matchup, left. Lucky Lefty Podcast. I think we got to everything, left. Yeah, I think we did. I think we did. So we got some new roles in Notre Dame, some players that might not have expected to go in with as much pressure in the fall, in fall camp. But, hey, my how quickly, my how quickly things have changed. That's right. Those players. Great show. The chat live as always. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Man, it's good to be able to be with you guys from the road. Left. I went to Waffle House this morning, so you know I kind of, you know. How was that masterpiece? I didn't ask for any turkey products this morning, bro. I already knew walking into Waffle you House. He kicked out that early. You know, cause ruckus that early. You know what I love about the South, though. What? Just speaking to people, man. Yeah, they so they so uh. Just curious. you know, just just speaking to people, man. Just yeah. man, how y'all doing this morning? How y'all doing? Like, how you doing? I, man, like, dude, thank you, man. Because you get to Chicago in the Midwest sometimes, it's like you know, having to deal with the ice grills and all of that stuff. It's like, dude, man, I didn't go crazy though, left. No, no, I went to PJ's Coffee House. Yep, good place, dude. If you guys are in New Orleans, PJ's is a New Orleans coffee house, but they have one out in the burbs where we are. Okay. They have a they have a you know how you have the ice coffees? Yes. They have a frozen hot chocolate left. A frozen hot chocolate. Left. Left. Because you know, Hold it's, on. All, it's always hot. Hold on now. Right? Left. Said a frozen a frozen hot chocolate drink, bro. I ain't heard of that. Left. Left. Frozen. Man. Hey, if you are ever in New Orleans and it's hot, let me tell you something, bro. Try it out. Try it out. Because if you like hot chocolate and it's 95 degrees, you probably wouldn't want it. It's like, no, I don't need that. But you get that little frozen hot chocolate to give you the chills, but still give you the taste of the hot chocolate. Oh man, you might have put me on to something now, bro. Take a trip to New Orleans, bro. Just remember, 
Find you PJ's Coffee House. <laughs> Find PJ's Coffee House. It, it blessed me, bro. It really did. It blessed me. And then, you know, I didn't really want to sit down and eat because I was cool with PJ's. I got me a um, a blueberry muffin because they do their blueberry muffins every day. So they're fresh. They got me a blueberry muffin and the uh, frozen hot chocolate. And I was straight. But my, my, my dad wanted to go sit down and eat. So we went to the Waffle House. And let me tell you something, bro. There's not too many places in this world that you can eat the way they eat feed, or you can eat the way they feed you for ten dollars. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing, bro. I'm like, you know, because you be worried about the bill, because you're like, man, that's a lot of food. Let me be kind of nervous. You get that bill be ten dollars. You're like, I, uh, did you forget something? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. No, it's ten dollars, bro. For real. I can leave with $10? Bro, bro, it's so crazy because my father gets his, he gets the, uh, I think the All-American, which came with the hash browns, the All grits, yeah, the yeah. All-Star, the grits. Yeah. He had the, the, the sausage and the toast. And he's sitting there eating, and he's halfway through with his food, and the lady brings his waffle. And he's like, he was like, I didn't order a waffle. She's like, no, it came with the meal. He's like, what? And so he's like, how much was this? And she was like, it was eleven ninety nine, sir. <laughs> Man, this is the whole day. Bruh. Hey, man. Hey, bro. You know, you can't eat it every day. No. But let me tell you something, boy. It's still some good places where $10 takes you a long way. It really be full like for a good minute now. Yo, that's why, man, most of the kids that go to HBCUs in the South, you find them at the Waffle House on the weekends, boy. Hanging out. Hanging out. You know, because they can eat good and they can share a meal. And you be there all day. Man. All damn day. All day. <laughs> he said all day. Beth, <laughs> you know what time it is, bro. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction. Petty Junction, Story of the Day brought to you by Adora Whiskey, AdoraWhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey, adorewhiskey.com. Hey, might as well put Dylan Brooks on the petty train, bro, but he's up out of there. And I can't, I, I, man, he is up out of there, dude. Hey, man, I'm so thankful. You know, sometimes I'm glad he acted the way he acted this postseason. I really am. Because they got to see, like, you know what? This dude really is trash. Like, let, <laughs> <laughs> like he really is trash. We love him. 
We drafted him, but hey, uh, he has to go to the petty but train. Hey, he talking about but hey. And uh, to uh, Dick Weiss. At Hoops Weiss on Twitter. Who tweeted out, Notre Dame won $75 million annually in new media rights contract from longtime broadcast partner NBC. Existing deal currently worth around $22 million per year. Slated to expire in 2025. When was the last time the Irish won the title? When was the last time you were relevant in hoops, bro? Nobody talks about Dick Weiss anymore. And why the heck you worried about what we're valued? That's true. We asked for 75 million because God darn it, that's what we could get. Take your tail to go matter of fact, go to the back of the petty train. You don't even get to sit up in the front car. Go all the way to the back. Put you back there by the luggage. By the luggage? Questioning whether or not Notre Dame is worth 75 million on the open market right now in 2023. Man, get your goofy tail out of here. Throw to the but back. We but we definitely are, though, like 100%. Just goofy. You darn right. We predicted 75 million like a year ago. Easy. That's easy. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. NBC knows what's up. They know what's up. Make it happen, Captain. So we sign that seventy-five, and then we can get to this apparel deal. Yep, that's what that's what it's coming down to, man. Let's do it. Only before the season start, real quick. What's up with you, Left? Who you got in the petty train? Oh man, the petty train. I have one actually. Uh, it was the news. Uh-oh. You, you dug deep on this one, the dudes? No, no, you're actually right. I think it is petty that uh that Memphis actually told Dylan Brooks that it's under no circumstances. <laughs> but you know what that was? I think it's because he challenged LeBron and they got on him for it. You know, and he was like, Look, you can't be challenging LeBron like that. So And I don't blame him. I think they try to get more serious as a team. And the way he played on offense, I think it just you just can't win with that. I mean, that's terrible production. Man. I hope uh hope he can dress better. <laughs> Man, what's up with the NBA? No, no, no. Oh I'm God. going and I say this with a straight face. The Chicago Bulls would definitely be in on Dylan Brooks. I guarantee it, left. Left, I'm telling you, that's just how dumb of an organization they are. I guarantee you, Dylan Brooks can be a Chicago Bull. I guarantee it, left. I'm guaranteeing it right now. It's off just picked up off the market. Man, they will be looking at him in free agency like, boy, if we can get him, he'll help us defensively. I can guarantee it, left. Let's see what happens, man. Hopefully he lands on his feet. Man, nobody likes to see if he would get fired, man. Man, look. <laughs> you know what I think happened? After that game, after that game, last game six, 
<laughs> Ja and Desmond Bain walked up to the owner and the GM. Like, hey, man, don't bring that dude back. Yeah, get him out of here. That dude can't help us at all offensively. At all. Can't win with him. Definitely can't win. Yeah, it's, it's a wrap. <laughs> so, my brother, I hope you can stick in the NBA because I don't want you to be without a job. I don't. I don't want him to be without a job, Les. No. I think I think he deserves to have a job. Yeah, he does. Mark said, under no circumstance, dog. Under no circumstance are we bringing you back. <laughs> you, have, you have told us everything we need to know, bro. Les, under no circumstance, bro? What's a man got to do to deserve that? Good grief. Hey, look. I think Shaq was a little petty last night on the Boston Celtics. He was a little harsh. I'll let him sit up front the VIP of the petty train. He was a little harsh. He was a little harsh. Mm. But you can't, man. Look, I'll tell you one thing, bro. The uh, Doc, Doc Rivers needs to let that cat James Harden go to Vegas before every game. Every game. If, he, if him going to Vegas is going to let him play like that, Secret to success, right there. I tell it you, was that. either that or they found some nice gentleman spots in Boston before the game. And <laughs> Boston had that potential. They made him think he was in Houston again, so Houston James Harden could come out. I, I mean, don't know he, what happened. Well, he really played his butt off for sure. Man, boy, he hit that old school hard bang, 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 step back through three in front of Horford. I was like, uh oh, uh oh. He's so like. Now, that. Yeah, so now you re- you definitely rest and be for game two. Yeah, of course. You definitely rest him and let him come back for game three if he can give it a go as all, at all. Lucky Lefty Podcast, man. Great show, as always. Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation for all of our great content, the audio edible of the day. Audio edible yeah. today, baby. Yeah, we might actually make that a, a nice little segment, dude. We find like a little audio from somebody and make it the audio edible of the day. Somebody, man, gifted to somebody. Yeah. You too. Subscribe. <laughs> that thumbs up. Hit that for us. We greatly appreciate you. Leave your comments. It's the Lucky Lucky Podcast. You know, since that's all I am as a producer, just learning football. That's crazy work. Oh, man. That was funny. For my man left, that's deep. I got one more day down here to buy you. Yeah, one of my dad's best friends is a graduate of LSU. Really? Uh, Yeah, he's a real cool dude, man. Real cool dude. He's trying to convince me to learn to uh, take... uh, Flying lessons, no? Yeah, he ain't that cool. <laughs> no, he man, he's a good dude. He, uh, I've actually flown in his plane before. Oh my he's, god! Uh, he you drove up small little planes. He drove up last night. He drove up last night. And he drove back home after the conference, and he's flying up. He might be landing right now. He's flying up today. We have to pick him up from the airport, and then we're gonna go have lunch. So. Uh, he's a good dude, really good dude. I get tired of hearing about LSU. 
I had to talk about LSU women's basketball for like 20 minutes. I was like, this is 20 minutes. I cannot get back, dude. Like, oh, I you can never get back. I do not want to talk about Angel Reese right now, man. Like, come on, dude. Not Angel Reese. Not not that the LSU basketball team relevant like that now. You know, so you know what I kept telling him? I said, yeah, that's fine. I said, but you do understand Brian Kelly's going to ruin y'all football program, right? That's right. I said, get so it doesn't even matter. Get ready for that. It doesn't that's even matter. The, that's the excitement. Look forward to that. Look forward to these two losses this, this fall and a quarterback battle between Nussmeyer and Daniels being flip-flopped. <laughs> Look forward to that. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Yo, for left, I'm Sean Davis. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll tap in. Micah Gilbert. Micah Gilbert's commitment is tonight. Will he pick the Notre Dame fighting Irish? Will they get another wide receiver to go ahead to lean to a lock-in with Isaiah Canyon and Cam Williams? We'll see. Notre Dame, they're, they're in there. They're in the fight. In the fight. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Have a great Tuesday. But most of all, make sure that you spend it different. Thank you.